but I have a lot of freedom to kind of do what I want. Choose, like you were saying about, don't take every job. Choose customers and okay. Make strategic decisions. I have a lot of freedom. To I wasn't that. aware it was a franchise. So, do you have employees? I have in the past, and I don't right now. Okay, which is, which is my, nice. It's kind of my choice. Do you find that less stress with less employees? It's definitely less stress, and it takes. I mean, it's a, first of all, this job, and I'm sure this is true with many small businesses. It's a very difficult field to hire for because, like, what I'm doing all day, the essence of what I'm doing all day is maybe 50% technical and then 50% sales. And even if I'm doing something technical, like a, you know, some kind of equipment repair, I still have to sell it to the doctor about why it's a good idea. So, like, right. everything is sales. So, you can't have someone who's just technical and doesn't have a personality or social mm-hmm. skills. You can't have a salesperson who's just personality and no technical skills. It's a really tri- tricky job to hire for. But it's definitely more stress with employees, and it takes quite a bit of pain to get to the point where where the revenue is worth it. <laughs> where yeah. you're saying, "Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm we're all doing better now because it's a bigger company." And so I went through a lot of kind of tribulations with employees, and some of them were great, and some of them weren't. And you know, at this point, I'm happy with with what I'm doing. How big did you get? We had three employees, so it was like uh, Ann Arbor, Flint kind of Oakland County and I was kind of on the east side like Troy mm-hmm. St. Clair Shores. I'm at a similar place in my business but I have a question for you because I'm thinking if you went in and diagnose say you know say you get a lot busier or mm-hmm. you are pretty busy but what if you go in and diagnose the problem present the treatment plan they accept the treatment plan and then you leave and the person with maybe not as great of a personality but good technical skills comes in and and executes the plan. Could you do it that way? Yes. And like you're the, you're the front man. Totally. Um, totally. And so there's, there's definitely different ways to do that. The, some of the issue with that, depending on the situation, some of the issue with that is everything, everyone wants everything done now. I mean, they want it done yesterday. Like on the spot. Everything's an emergency in my life, right? It's like, you just get used to it. It Are they actual emergencies? Do you think? Or the dentist is home patient? Yes. The the dentist, I mean, this is a silly example, but, things that I deal with, you know, it could be a very small problem in one room, but the hygienist, for example, oh, yeah. they're slightly territorial. Slightly. You, you may know this. <laughs> slightly. So if it's my room, my room is down or my room has a problem, it's an, immediately it's an emergency and my, yeah. phone, my phone starts blowing up. Well, they're personally insulted. That is their room, not the other <laughs> hygienist's room. <laughs> right. So, you know, and then it becomes an emergency mentally or, or you know, the real emergencies are just bigger equipment things like compressor, vacuum, sterilizer. But the way that people respond to things is everything's an emergency all the time. Okay. Hurry, hurry. You know, why can't you be here faster? That kind of stuff. So I, I agree with what you're saying. That's totally possible sometimes mm-hmm. if that situation could wait. Right. For, you know. And you almost have to tell them, you know, set it up like that. Like, you know, when they call you, okay, mm-hmm. here's how here's how it works. I'm going to come diagnose the problem, give you the plan. Mm-hmm. Once you sure. accept the plan, then I'll send my tech in the next day, you know, something like that. Then you mobilize, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, I mean, these are, I love giving advice that I don't take myself sure, because <laughs> this is what I should do, you know? And yeah. it's like, you know, it's like, I'm looking at you and I'm thinking you're probably so busy. It's, it's a lot for you to go in, assess the problem, make a plan, sell the plan and then execute because yeah. it's exhausting, you know, to go in and, and do the, the front work or the, the yeah. sales part. Yeah, I mean, I don't find it exhausting, but it is um, a big part of the job. It's a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah. 
So the biggest problem for dentists, I think, and the reason dentists are either successful or unsuccessful is patient management Mm -hmm. expectations. Yeah. Do you find that dentist management is such a key role to being successful in your field? Yes. Okay. Short answer is yes. Um, And a trick, one of the things that's impossible to teach, like if you have employees or I shouldn't say impossible, but very difficult to teach is knowing your customer Right, and this is true again with every business. Knowing your customer, and knowing what are they stressed about, or what are their what are they motivated about? Is it money? They're just worried about the cost of things, or is it they want the office to look pretty? Right. Mm-hmm. Every okay, I could replace this tubing, for example, but what I have with me is not the same color. Probably seventy five percent of my customers would be like, I don't care. Does it work? Right. Go. Yeah. What, what are we, why are we talking about it? But there's definitely a section that would say, no, 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 it needs to look right. I so want it to be is, sage this green. Is, this is yeah. a spa. Right. And it has to be, yeah, sage green or mint. Right, right. Right. So you have to know your customer to present what what is what what they're really after. Like I was at a customer yesterday and you know, we were talking about stools. So like, well, the doctor buys stools on Amazon. I'm like, okay, how's that going? You know, because I mean, you use that you use that stool, simple device, you use it with every patient. Like, do you really want the cheapest one that's mm-hmm. gonna break down? No. I mean, if you think about ergonomics and like the lifespan of your career no, you really don't want the cheapest stool. And that's why they're a few hundred bucks. Yeah. You know, and not 50 or something from Amazon. So that's the kind of thing I deal with where it's like, well, I can present this solution, but that's not what you want, right? Because you just see the dollar sign. So you, that's okay. Let's change tax and try, we'll talk about something else, you know? Yeah. And you have to know your customer to figure that out. Like, what are, what are they stressed about or what are they focused on, right? So how are you learning to know your customer? Just experience? Yes. And, okay. It's just experience and personality. So, yeah. Is there a certain archetype or profile that dentists match? Like 75% are like this, 25% are like this? Well, it's, I think it's more complicated than that. Obviously, sure. working in Southeast Michigan, you deal with every culture okay. that exists. So there's some cultural things you get used to. There are generational things, right? Like I have older dentists. Absolutely. I would say primarily older mm-hmm. dentists who are very uh, – they have no problem – fixing their own equipment. I mean, I've had guys get out their like tool belt and help me install a vacuum in their basement, you know, and they're, they're having, I'm like, I got it. And they're like, no, they enjoy it. Right. Yeah. Or they, they also know how to do it. Now I think there's, you know, getting into a broader topic. I think sometimes that's a good idea and sometimes it's a bad idea. You right? told me two months ago, or maybe three months ago, if I have to pull a screwdriver out of my tool bag, which I don't have a tool bag, I should call you instead. So the fact that you don't have a tool bag is one indication that you shouldn't go buy a screwdriver a, to go do this. Right? Also, it's no, called no. a toolbox. <laughs> oh, so let's gonna, just back it up for. We're gonna edit that out. <laughs> you don't have a, a bag of tools. It's a toolbox. I have a toolbox. I always had a giant toolbox in the office. If you need a office. repair, call Jessica. Yeah, yeah sometimes you have to tighten print. things. Or yeah, of course. Yeah, and, a, and again, it's not that you should never have. I mean, everyone should have Allen wrenches, right? Okay. Everything in dentistry yeah. is Allen wrenches. So, like, yeah. like for your bike, you got to have Allen wrenches to tighten things. And do you have a set of Allen wrenches in here? I have at home. Okay. So yeah. You're good. So and again, it, it depends. It depends on the customer. They're in your tool bag. Yeah, in that bag bag. <laughs> that you inherited from grandpa. It's, yeah. like, it's like velvet. That's what I'm picturing. Like, it's a. It's actually a, a crown royal bag. <laughs> <laughs> and there's golf tees in there. You repurposed it. Yeah. There's probably like paper clips in there. Yeah. This is honestly. This podcast was a blast. Thanks for coming in. <laughs> Can't take the heat. Sorry, it's, so, g- it's gang up on Vince. Um, that's fine. I have such low self-esteem. So do you find that the younger generation of dentists are less capable of fixing? So they're absolutely less capable. But 
the other way to look at that, that makes sense. If it, it's totally true, but that's yeah. true broadly. Okay. Right? Yeah. Like my grandfather had had no problem fixing a two-stroke engine, you know, in an afternoon. Okay. It's not like a skill that I have, but at the same, the other way to look at it is is that an effective use of your time? Right. Yeah. Is it a good idea to do that, or do you want to focus on dentistry and have a service call? So I, I don't necessarily I don't just see it as a bad thing. I think having some basic technical abilities. And like we talked about, like it's different when you're right out of dental school versus when you've been doing it for 20 years. There's a huge range of, of education and learning there. But, and I think, am I, you correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like nobody in dental school is teaching anything about equipment, right? That's not a focus. They're not really no. teaching anything about anything. No. <laughs> but I think younger, the younger dentists, you know, in my experience, my, what I do, mm-hmm. they're, they're very good. They're better in business applications, okay. I think. Um, they're also better learning technology and an accepting technology mm-hmm. so you know like if in your business if you recommend oh we should upgrade to this i think the younger dentist is gonna be like okay great you know they can look at it objectively and make a decision the older dentist is like no i've been using that for 30 years and it, it still works rubber base or you know whatever the case yeah. don't you agree yeah. do you think the younger dentists are less frugal and we're more numb to debt than the older dentists mm. I, maybe, yeah. yeah I think I think younger dentists are just—they're more. It's easier for them to adapt to technology. Mm-hmm. I would say, absolutely. And they're more business—a little more business savvy. Yeah, um, that's that's interesting. I don't know that I've always seen the business savvy. Yeah, I see that. I see that in my buyers because yeah. they like they'll they'll take a business class. Sure. Older dentists, no. Interesting. I agree with what you're saying about just keeping things running. There's an mm-hmm. attitude in the older generation: just keep it running. Okay. Yeah. Like keep the existing equipment yep. running as long it, until and, it until it's smoking or dies they retire yeah exactly that's, and then you buy the old practice and yeah. well then they call me and it's like how come everyone wants to give me 50 bucks for my practice <laughs> so that's a big part of my life too because that's what it costs to haul your they, equipment yeah, away because it's going to the scrapyard <laughs> right yeah i mean i've actually been in situations where a doctor's retiring and it was like her dad's or his dad's old old equipment and I called U of M Dental Museum. They're like, like no hey. way. Oh, yeah. Oh, they, museum. they take okay. it? The, the situations I've been in, they have not, but it's really simple stuff. They're like, oh, we already have a few of those. And this is like, it's, it might be a hundred year old, like a belt driven handpiece, right? So like you step on a foot pedal, yeah. a motor runs and it turns a belt that's going. When's the, the last time you saw a belt driven handpiece in private practice? Well, I saw one the, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Get I mean, they're, here. they're around, but in labs. Yeah. Oh, definitely in labs. Mm-hmm. And the, um, and there's still, I mean, the thing is, is it's indestructible because it's this motor that'll last a thousand years. Yeah. But the the people that I've, where I've seen it, they usually say they're not using it on patients. They're using it to adjust, Lab. Uh, mm-hmm. you know. That's what they say. Venture. And then That's you leave and it's like crown preps. And yeah. Everything. I mean, it's wild. <laughs> They've got like natural gas run to these things. Crazy. There's a lot yeah, of natural old, gas yes, on there. Yes, there's a right? burner like, oh on God. the dental unit. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, it's. Is there actually a dental museum? That... At U of M. At U of M. Oh, okay. Yeah. At U of M. Now, so the situations where I've called them a handful of times because the doctor is like heartbroken that right. this hundred year old family heirloom collector's item antique is going to go in the dumpster. Emotionally and attached. Emotional, yeah. but totally. And so what the dental, I mean, they're very knowledgeable. I've talked to the docent and she's said, well, that's been reupholstered or it's been painted. So it's not museum quality. Okay. And so they're very, they know their stuff. And they'll say, oh, we have three of those Ritter, you know, barber chairs from 1915. Yeah. They want the ones with the wooden headrests that, like, grabbed your neck, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the torture devices right. that dentistry's famous for. Or the glass trays. Glass that, trays. Yep. I, my second yeah. office I bought had this beautiful chair. It was, 
I actually wanted it. I was like, I might keep it and just, I don't know, put floss, like a bowl of floss in there, put it in the waiting room. It was cool. It was like purple. The glass wow. was purple. It was, it was really cool, but it was an old chair. And, um, and he took it cause he wanted it like, you know, for his cottage or something. What but I, yeah, what I've seen is there, cool. there's some dental offices that have waiting rooms that are way too big, huge mm-hmm. waiting rooms. You might, you know, an aquarium or something like that. And they'll put those things in as kind of a showpiece. Yeah. So you yeah. just sit it there and it looks really cool. It's a talking point, but it's yeah. not use. It's like, look how you, chairs used to look. So look the dentist think is cool, but do you think patients walk in and see this chair from 1415? No. I no. think it's cool. No, I don't. That's an interesting disconnect, I right? Don't. And this is this is something where I don't I don't know what you guys think about it, but I have customers who want you know massaging chairs and heating chairs and in the waiting know, room. No, in the in the operatory. Okay, and I sell those. I have access to them, but I, I think the dentist there's a disconnect between you know patients are not coming to hang out with you. No, they're not coming to spend the afternoon. Right, they want to get in and out. I can't tell you what kind of chairs my dental offices have, any dentist I've been to. Interesting. There's a dentist in the area here, great guy, really good at dentistry, has massage chairs. Mm-hmm. Patients hate it. They say it's too much stimulation because they're getting their teeth worked on, they're getting the back massage, they're getting the butt I, fluffed I off. I wouldn't want that. And they, they ask him to turn it off. Plus, I feel like I was moving and I want to be spent, still. You know, that's a, an extra $1,500 per chair Yeah, so he spent. I just feel yeah. like you're totally right. People, they want to be comfortable here, yeah. but it's not a spa. They want to go home. And the other, the other yeah. thing is like when I'm, you know, one of the things about selling equipment for the operatory is, is ergonomics and comfort, right? But what dentists will often think, depending on if they've been to the right classes, what they'll often think is it's for the patient's ergonomics for and us. comfort. Not it's at for all. Us. Yeah. They're, they're in there for 45 minutes to two hours, whatever it is, but you're doing this job for decades. 100 years. 30 hours ergonomics. a week. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, that's what's important is not it's really your positioning and your comfort and not the patient. That's that's a great um, takeaway message for the listener is your your patient's comfort comes second to yours, actually. So the patient chair should be comfortable for you. Yep. Because they have they're they're hardly there. I have a I, it's absolutely true. So I have a customer who's a, an endodontist and she bought uh, the highest end surgical chairs they're buoyed they're like very specific expensive chairs and she hates them she's not very tall she hates them because of her ergonomics she's they like, don't go low like, enough I'm, di- I'm dying here yeah. yeah she's like i'm dying here i can't and she said i used to work at this other office they had this type of chair and i loved it and i never thought about it it was perfect and i was like okay what is it this chair is no longer manufactured the one she likes is no longer manufactured it's completely obsolete but we can refurbish them and provide them for her and she so she's got this beautiful new practice uh, everything's state of the art, you know, 3D microscopes, mm-hmm. everything for an endo office. And she's going to have wood paneled chairs. Yeah. And like her young staff is kind of aghast. They don't like it. Yeah. The way it looks, but this is for her ergonomics. And I'm like, just yeah, we'll, we'll reupholster re- yeah. yeah. They're going to look, they're going to look, you know, dated because they have wood, but she, that's all she wants. But it's that or it's a neck brace at 42. That was one of my regrets. Yeah. I, I bought two old practices and I, I wish I would have kept the chairs and used them, but I bought all new ADEC stuff because they, you know, yeah. they're good salespeople. But yeah. that my old chairs I loved. They had like that pink, you know, cover. I could have just switched it out. They were they went so low yeah. to the ground. It was it was and my ADEX never went low enough. Yeah. Ever. Well, and they have a guy, you know, six five come out, oh they go really low. It's like, yeah, for you. Well the other the other thing I think that might be a good takeaway is is people don't ask me that. Hey, can you make my chair go lower? Right. Like nobody asks me that. No one's ever asked me that. 
Can really? you make chairs go lower? Oftentimes, yes. Yeah. They oh. have. They ha- well, I'm not saying. I mean, it depends on your height, and it, I'm yeah. not saying that would have solved the problem, but it, it's at least a question someone should ask, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, I have these nice chairs, but I can't get them in the position I want. And so, like when you sell a chair, what you should do is have the operator, the dentist, or the hygienist sit down, and you can set all the presets to their height. Now, if there's a bunch of people working in the same room, you know, different dentists or people, then that won't work you know, to set it to one person's height. But again, that's the kind of thing where you could change limits. You might be able to fix it with a service call. So yeah. what do you do if you buy good point. eight of those Boyd chairs and you hate them? You sell them to someone taller. You can't return she, she, You can't return no, them. No, she sold them. She sold them to someone else. At a huge loss? Because they're not cheap, um, I'm sure, per chair. I don't think it was a huge loss, but I think it offset the cost of getting refurbished chairs. So she was happy. Okay. So it's kind of like one in, one out. Yeah. Right? yeah. Because the Boyd chairs are so expensive. She sold them, let's say, at a small loss, but she's able to cover her expense for the chairs coming in okay. because they're refurbished and cheaper. So it, I don't know if it, I don't know how it worked out for her, but I don't know if it was one to one. But I think she she's happy with the situation okay. because, again, it's her ergonomics, and she's not old, you know, so she's yeah. making the right decision now to be comfortable. You have to absolutely. So a question I want to ask you was: as a young dentist buying a dental practice. I was so ignorant to like what I should look for in equipment. Like what's going to explode on me day one? What will last me? What are some key things dentists can look at to know they're not buying a pile of garbage? So, I mean, what before I move a piece of equipment, right, you test it. Um, so think about buying a house, right? You do an inspection, right? And mm-hmm. people wave the inspection, which like terrifies me. I'm yeah. not the kind oh, that's of person insane. to wave an inspection. Should never wait Unless you're the contractor who's going to fix it all. And right. It doesn't scare you. Or tearing it down. So yeah. that's the kind of thing. So something, you know, we met, uh, Jessica and I, we met at the, you know, at an office for sale and I was there to inspect the equipment. Is it a service you provide for dentists? This, I think I did that for free. I don't think I ever wrote her a bill. Okay. The idea was she was a referral from another customer. I guess I kind of did it as a favor, but, but to answer your question, yeah. Of course, I can go and evaluate equipment. And a lot of times what it's going to be is things you don't think about, like something we've dealt with, not so much this year, but last year, equipment had been sitting idle for months. And like that's never happened in the history of dentistry, where like people just like shut the door and like, well, we'll be back in two weeks. And then it was two months, three months, sometimes longer. Right. So every water line was clogged with bacteria. Every suction line was clogged. Like there was just all this stuff that fell apart because it was sitting idle. The only other time I've seen that is when an office like shuts down, it's for sale or it's vacant. The equipment's sitting there and the landlord or the dentist owner thinks, oh, I'm going to make a bunch of money on this soon. And it sits idle for, again, no one knows how long. So when I come in to test it, you're going to find a lot of surprises. And if you hook your equipment up and start seeing patients, you're going to have a lot of surprises. And so, yeah, I mean, have someone inspect the equipment. I think that's part of the learning curve of being a dentist or any small business owner, right? You learn things as you go. So it's hard for me to make like a checklist. Okay. Like you're asking like, but again, just using the equipment, asking the basic questions. How old is it? Yeah. Did you maintain it? Like what's the lifespan on the compressor? It really, it really varies. The older older ones that are no longer for sale are lubricated, right? So they're oil. You put oil in the motors for them to run. And those are old school now, but they last a hundred years and they're quiet. But they don't sell those. Those aren't, aren't manufactured anymore. Why so, not? I mean, it's a long technical story, but there was one company that made the heads. Okay. Called Copeland. And what they actually made the heads for, if you ever go, go to like your Dairy Delight, like your like small town ice cream shop, and if you go around the back, they will have a Copeland head pushing Freon. Okay. So that's how they cool everything. 
for, they have them at every ice cream shop. They have this literally compressor motor that's pushing Freon to cool a freezer. Someone got the idea of putting those on a compressor and they're so clean, the way they're designed, that they were the perfect dental compressor. And they made them for decades. Every manufacturer put Copeland heads on their compressors. And it, I mean, it wasn't, it was like Air Techniques or Dentalese, it didn't matter, it was a Copeland head. They, Copeland stopped making them. Okay. And the entire industry changed to oilless. And like nobody uh, else like picked it up. Nobody picked it up. I've seen them on a shelf in in certain places where they're like, we have to keep it legally because if something breaks under warranty, we have this Copeland head. Right. They're probably invaluable. Like these motors are. Yeah. Is hard Copeland to come still by. a company? Copeland's still a company, but they're just. I think they walked away from the dental industry. I don't know. I mean, they had other focuses, I guess. Yeah. But so now everything went from lubricated to oilless. Oilless is fine. It's just louder. And there's there's friction. I mean, having meaning yeah. there's there's no oil. It means the piston eventually is going to fail or seize. So they're louder. But what it comes down to with dental compressors is just filtration. As long as the air is really really well filtered and dried, then you're going to be fine. But in, to getting back to your question about equipment, you just you have to ask all those questions, and you're focused on other things like patient count, yeah, and the staff, yeah, exactly. And the bill is the insurance, roof leaking, insurance, right. yeah. What's the signage? What's the you know parking lot? There's so many things. So it's Equipment is definitely well down the list. I think when people are looking at property or expanding or practices, well, you should be you should be part of the due diligence for the buyer where they yes. bring bring you through. Um, whether you charge for that or not, maybe maybe it's a way to get new business. That's um, what I thought about with that doctor we met. Is you know it's an opportunity. Yeah. I, didn't, I did not know her. She was a referral uh, from a, another customer. So I thought, yeah. I'm, you know, yeah, it'll, it'll come back hour. to you in yeah. a positive oh, way. Not, oh, I'm not worried about it. I mean, it took yeah. an hour, and um, and it was it was funny because I had no understanding of where I was. I didn't know exactly where it was, but I've done service calls at that office. Okay. For the previous dentist. Yeah. So it's you know, and well, then it's I, still available. You know, I'm not buying. <laughs> oh, is that the one you guys were talking about? Uh -huh. yeah. 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 So that's yeah. stand compressors for a minute because okay. I didn't think this was a thing. You know this because you just dealt with this with an office you just sold. Oh, yeah. I know what you're going to say. There are, this blows my mind, people are using compressors that are not medical grade. A lot of people. So that's a really tricky situation for me. Okay. Like for, um, they use it like what you use for to put nails in a wood floor. like Air uh, in your tires. So explain yes. air in your paint where they're getting these compressors, yep. why they think it's okay, and what are the consequences? Wow. They're getting them at Home Depot. Get out of here. I'm not kidding. But how do they know it's strong enough to like operate ten so, chairs? So it's it's go, so going back to like priorities, right? And some of it may be a lack of understanding of literally like biology and meaning meaning bacteria. Yeah. Um. This is a this is a really tricky position for me because like I go in to fix a piece of equipment. I can tell you a, a, a true story from a few years ago. It was an office in Detroit. And I go in, and they had a really funny problem with their delivery unit. And like some tubings blew off. It kind of exploded. And that's strange. It doesn't usually happen. Yeah. There's not that much air pressure, <laughs> right? I mean, exploded. Exploded not with the fire. exploded. <laughs> exploded with air pressure. And I think I was thinking that's strange. Compressors, dental compressors run usually like 80 PSI to like 115 PSI. That would be the top, the highest you go. But a compressor can go way higher than that if yeah. you want it to. So this this customer had bought an industrial compressor. I mean, it's probably this tall. Where do they buy it? Again, um, Home Depot or Lowe's. Oh my god! So this would be something you'd you'd want on a construction site because you're running nail guns, mm -hmm. pneumatic tools, nail guns, paint sprayers. There's lots and lots of tools that are pneumatic, air driven tools. 
So he bought one of those. He probably spent, he could have spent 500 bucks or 800 bucks. If he had bought an equivalent dental compressor, it would have been 5,000 to 10,000. So he saved a lot of money. But your chairs aren't exploding when you recline. So what happened <laughs> That's is- That's a side I, effect. So, but <laughs> this is the way it went for me. I went in to fix this problem. I find the problem. I fix the problem. A week later, the same problem happens. <laughs> oh and I'm God. thinking, this doesn't make any sense. I need to go look at your compressor. The compressor is putting out like 150 to 200 PSI. So it's like double what it should be. And he has no idea what it's putting out. He has no idea and no interest in that, right? But his now he's saying, hey, this is a warranty service call. And oh I had God. to explain to him, look, this is not a warranty service call. And let me tell you why. Like you're using an industrial compressor. <laughs> a jet engine. That is not designed to go with this equipment. Like this, if, if his equipment were newer, this would void the warranty, right? Let's put yeah. it that way. And so I was like, I can't warranty this repair. You've thrown me a curveball here with this industrial compressor he did not care about what i was saying and i think i don't remember i probably fixed it and he wouldn't pay me something like that that's and nice I, and i lost the customer but he I didn't said, get a new compressor i the last time i dealt with him that could be a lawsuit i mean i i this is where it gets tricky for me because like i'm not i don't want to be the police of dentistry yeah. but it is definitely a situation so another way to explain it is the exploding of the delivery unit is a small problem compared to what's really happening which is a compressor compresses ambient air right there's humidity so you get water yeah. in that air right it goes from moisture to literally water so a big part of what a good compressor does it doesn't have to be dental but the biggest the most important thing for a dental compressor is to get rid of that moisture because moisture develops bacteria that's the end of the story so like i'll go into an office and i'll be using you know again a handpiece line or a syringe and you can smell the funk mm -hmm. in the air from the, the air, air water syringe the air smells bad the reason is the compressor either isn't a good compressor or it hasn't been serviced. So the filters are, are gone. They're uh, no longer working. So now you have water building up. You have bacteria. And so you're using that tool in patients' mouths you're blowing with that bacteria. Water, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone's getting sick. So this is, what, <clears throat> this is the problem with an industrial compressor is that there's no reason to have all these filters on it. Now, there is one small exception, and I see this in 1% of my offices. I, I was at this office yesterday where it's an older dentist who is technically savvy. He bought a big, big industrial compressor, and then he bought all the filters you need, and he kind of built a system, DIY, built a system that is, that is fine. You know, it's, it's good enough. It's filtering the air, but there's not very many people who want to do that or who have the ability yeah. to do yeah. that correctly. So I don't recommend that. Isn't the liability you're incurring too high for the reward of saving $2,000 of doing it? It is for me. Yeah. It's not worth it, it. It should be. Yeah. It should be. Yeah. But again, I, I don't see that a lot. And it's interesting because you're in offices. I see them all the time. In general dentist or like maybe an orthodontist? A, all, a lot of them. It blows I mean, it mind. doesn't matter. Specialty, you know, GPs. But here's what I see. This is, you'll, you'll appreciate this. I go to where the compressor is and there's usually like a, li a line of them. So there's the one they're currently yeah. using. And then the junkyard. <laughs> and then there's like four or five... The previous the, they're, ones, they're, so they're broken, and they just keep buying new ones. Yeah, they don't so that's because the they don't. The yeah. the life is not the lifespan's not as long, so they're of course you know they're blowing through them. But there's usually like a, a trail of so getting, know, compressors. getting back to like where we're you know the business side. This is the way I look at that. Like so, I buy tools for my business, and I don't buy the cheapest tools because like my business depends on this tool, and right. I need it to work, and I want it to last, and I want to buy it once. And I think I wish the same logic applied. Again, if you want to buy a stool on Amazon, fine. There's not a lot of risk there. But when it comes to like compressor vacuum sterilizer, you can't work without it. It is like, it's, we call it the heart and lungs of the practice, right? You 
It's you need it to survive. So to save money there is just an, an inherently bad idea. Like spend the money there. It's you don't ridiculous. get to look at it. Yeah. Nobody gets to touch it or look at it. So it's not like an exciting thing, like right. a nice chair, a new handpiece or something. It's not exciting, but you really need it. Well, it's exciting because if it doesn't work, you can't make any money that day. You're done. It's yeah, like, and then it, that's going to cost you way more than than what you saved. I had a um, not a client, but a dentist I've talked to a couple of times buy a panoramic um, digital pan uh-huh. on eBay. Yeah, yeah. For see it all the time. From who? I mean, Joe Schmo. Joe Schmo from, from China, Istanbul, on, most likely. Oh yeah, it could have. It could have been. I think it was. I was thinking it was pre pre owned or something. Well, does the FDA have to it's, approve he new. a pan? I thought like even chairs have to be FDA approved. Well, CBCTs. I Requi- don't. CBCT I requires a, Mich- a Michigan State inspection of the space, and that's still a little bit of a higher standard, even though it's gotten. Looser? Do they inspect the actual they do, machine? They do. They come no. to my practice, not the machine. They, but not they, the machine, but they inspect the space. Right. Right. Yeah, but you're right. I don't think they inspect. I the don't space. think so either. So another example is is hand pieces, right? I fix hand pieces, and I mean I don't mind name dropping this brand because everyone should avoid them. But if you go online and want to buy hand pieces online, there's a company that will be your top result called Ya Bang Bang. <laughs> I've seen it. Heard what of it's it. Called. It's literally. Can you spell that. <laughs> No, <laughs> it's, it's just it's a bad, just like it sounds. It's a bad. Yeah, bang, bang. Yeah, bang, bang. And they are like, I want so them. they're disposable, right? People disposable hand pieces. Well, they're like fifteen bucks a piece. You can buy like a ten pack. Get out of here for one hundred and fifty bucks. I see them all the time in practice. Yeah. Those are not FDA approved. So when I first saw one, I was like, oh, this is interesting. It's a new. I need to find the parts for this. I need to fix it. Well, yeah. My let's say my repair cost is 150 bucks. You know, for like a nicer hand piece, it might be 200 bucks for like a cave or a star. And so I'm looking up the parts. I'm trying to find, and it it turns out you don't fix them because when they break, you throw them away and you buy a new one. Isn't it more expensive in the long term? I mean, again, my probably my, not. My I don't think I don't know that it's more expensive financially but what i would say again is this is a tool you use with every patient and right. you want to depend on it you want quality so that's the way i look at it it's a tool you touch for every patient and there's torque and i mean right it function and just in terms of the water spray the torque the burr staying concentric as opposed to failing but again what the reason i brought this up is they are not fda approved okay and so what i learned when i first saw one is like a handpiece repairman i have to be worried about okay when i fix this i have to test it so that when i give it back the burr doesn't slip out in the patient's mouth or mm-hmm. I mean, all these things that could happen with my repair. I learned very quickly, if someone tries to hand me one of those, I won't even touch it because if I'm the last person that touched it and then a patient gets hurt, they're going to say, well, when did when was it last service? Right. And it's on me. So, I mean, that's like a huge red flag when I see those. So you have a no, you bang, bang policy. I am anti you bang, bang <laughs> personally and professionally. Actually, um, you bang, bang sponsoring this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. You bang, bang, please come in. Tell us about your business. <laughs> it's such a great name. Oh it's my so god! Good. You, you won't forget it. I yeah, mean, I don't remember. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm sad if I'm advertising them right now. Oh but. my god! Well, <laughs> if your handpiece is fifteen dollars, I bought BN Air from you. What was one handpiece? I mean, hundreds. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. five six hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, if your handpiece is fifteen bucks, like it's not going to be a good handpiece. Correct. Well, I mean, you're not business savvy to figure that out. That's logical. Yeah. yeah. Again, this is it's this is the range of like you asked about like putting dentists in categories. Yeah. There's a huge range. Right. Right. And so if I have someone with you bang bang hand pieces, <laughs> I love it. Sponsor me, you bang bang. <laughs> <laughs> Call me. 
<laughs> call me. So, but again, if I have someone like that, like it's a red flag to me about <laughs> what they value. Right. Well, how do I sell them a BNR? How do I sell them a say? Well, hey, you're assessing you them you based on you can't sell them that. Right. So yeah. that's the thing is is it's you can tell what they're focused on. It's it's kind of funny. Like I I really like what you said. You know, you can choose things to spend more on and and things to you know yeah, save on. Of like I I remember this this stuck with me. Someone said once, you know, the most expensive piece of furniture in your house should be your bed. Hmm. You sleep on it every single night. It affects how you feel and, you know, yeah. all these how, things. How, your health, overall health. So it's yeah. like, use that analogy. It's like the most expensive thing in your office are the, the things that you, you know, spend the most on mm-hmm. should be your handpiece and your compressor. Yeah. The, that's that's what makes you. And where else? Like, so you probably can't skip on handpiece, compressor, um, autoclave. Yeah, yeah autoclave. Well, Patient chair, I would put that kind of towards the lower because it's yeah. like they're. There's that's a, not the most important thing. Your chair, also important. An older, an older chair does the job. Yeah, and sometimes right? better. I mean, can, those old ADAX be. are great. I think my chairs are from 2000. Yeah. Your chairs are really nice. And they're yeah. perfect. Yeah, they're yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you've got a nice setup where everything actually matches. That's yeah. A, that's unusual, right? Because yeah. one thing fails and you have to replace it. But you have a really nice setup where it's really, every room's the same. I mean, that's, a, that's rare. It's really nice. It's pretty neutral but modern. Yeah. 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 So then where are places other than dental chairs dentists can save money? Because everything is super expensive. You I know mean, how it is. When it comes, when it, the, the game, this is uh, can be a waste of time. I see it as kind of a time waster for a lot of offices is supplies, right? Because you, you, can, you can get the exact same thing from different places. Now, I have some offices that they have one person. That's all they do all day is like negotiate supplies. And I feel like, you know, so you're getting one order from this company and one order from this company and one order from this company. I feel like that, I don't know if that's cost effective. It's not. They've got 10 catalogs out. Yeah. yeah, For that that person, that's all they do all day. That's that's intense. I I don't feel like that's, again, you're paying someone to do that. Are those bigger offices you go in where one person negotiate? What a waste. Again, I feel like that's a waste, but I feel like if you're able, I understand the system. If you're able to get, uh, you know, this box of gloves cheaper here, you want to do that, right? Because you're right. trying to limit costs. You know, again, in terms of the in terms of equipment, I feel like there are lots of places to save money. Again, do you need an LED light? Do you need a halogen light? That kind of stuff. Like but, the overhead light? Yeah, the patient, okay. the patient light. Again, that's something you use with every patient. It depends what you like. Some, you know, what I find now with a lot of younger dentists is they're wearing loops. They don't need a power optic handpiece. I mean, that's a few hundred bucks, both in the unit in terms of powering the, the light and also the handpiece itself. Because they're wearing a, a headlamp. They have, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they've got an LED with magnification on their head. A lot of my younger dentists are saying, I don't I don't need to spend 500 bucks on the handpiece, 500 bucks on the unit to make light at the end of my handpiece. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't buy a handpiece with fiber optics. And I don't use that's an overhead a, that's light. A, that's a change. I've been doing this like 15 years, and that's a change. right? It my, used to be I want light everywhere. Yeah. yeah. The practice I just sold, no overhead lights. Because they they wear lights, so those are yeah. those are maybe going away. I would say cabinets. You can save a lot of money on cabinets. That's a great point. Yeah, I mean, so you don't you don't need dental no, cabinets. That's, so that's a really interesting point. So I what I do, I am a dealer for a, ca- a dental cabinet. Company. Okay, it's very expensive, very expensive, and yeah, part of that is because they use the right you know materials mm-hmm. and things like that. Sure, and the design is obviously cookie cutter. They have good designs, but then. I've got a millwright that I work with. They're kind of on the west side of the state, but again, they'll they've come in and when it's a build out, and they'll make literally bespoke cabinets. They'll yep. make everything, <clears throat> and it's still not cheap because they're good cabinets, but they do a good job. But 
it's not the dental prices. It's cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, they do medical, dental, they do veterinary, they do right. all sorts of things. It's good. So it's the right quality. What you don't want is to get like a carpenter to do it because I've seen situations where they renovate for this is just a specific example. You put a handpiece lubrication machine in their in their kind of starey lab. It's oil it's an oily environment because it's oiling hand pieces and the countertop starts to stain. Yeah. Because the material they used is porous. It shouldn't be in a dental office, but the contractor didn't know. Or it starts care. coming apart. It starts coming apart. I mean, yeah. obviously everything's particle board. Dentist offices are notorious for flooding. Any kind of particle board gets wet and mm -hmm. it's ruined. So there's you can save money there, but you have to be savvy. Yeah, so I want to take back what I said. I didn't mean you don't need dental cabinets. Right. I, I mean you don't need all dental cabinets. So sure. I, I'm a fan of a 12 o'clock mm -hmm. ADAC cabinet or, or similar. Mm -hmm. And then if you do a side cabinet or a sink... You, you don't need the same cabinet. Mm -hmm. um, you don't need that dental quality. Sterilization, too. It just depends on your setup. You can save you can save a lot of money on cabinets. I, I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. Because it, when you, it's one of those products, when you slap dental on it, yeah. it doubles. The price goes up. Yeah. Do you true. find there's any equipment that you should buy two of? So getting back to compressor vacuum sterilizer, if you have the space to have a backup, fantastic. I mean, again, you don't want to, a lot of my customers, if they have a basement, they're hoarding things. And I don't use that word lightly. I mean, they are stuffing everything they can into their basement. So like, they'll, I'll say, you know, you need a new x-ray. Oh, I have one in the basement. Why is it in the basement? I don't know. I'm like, well, it broke. Yeah. You put it in the basement. 20 now years you want ago. to reinstall it. It's a graveyard. I, yeah. It's a junkyard graveyard. Right. But again, if you, you, sterilizer is the easy one. If you have space, you should have a backup sterilizer. Another. In, inevitably. An, an autoclave. Autoclave. Okay. Inevitably, it will fail. It will leak. You'll have a you'll fail a spore test, and you'll be freaking out. And you'll call for a service call, and it'll be an emergency, and we have to bring a loaner. And if you can avoid the emergency and just say, "Hey, grab this the backup," or maybe you have two of them running anyway. Okay, use sterilizer B instead of sterilizer A. Still call for service, but it, there's no emergency. There's no, no panic. There's no stress. Yeah, so nice. So if I have so, two, um. Ultra, not ultrasonic. We just say Ultra, uh, autoclave. Autoclaves now. Should I run them at the same time, or should I just run one? I'm just one dentist here, and when that fails, just start the other one up. You know, I mean, another way to look at it is if they're both installed, right? If one's not in the basement or in the cabinet, if they're both installed, I think you can. You don't need to run them both at the same time, but maybe you know alternate. alternate. Yes, I mean, like every okay. So the way this this happens with a lot of my customers is on vacuums, right? The most in Michigan, the most common type of vacuum is called a wet ring pump because water is you know cheap and prevalent here is like on the west coast wet ring vacuum pumps are illegal because they use water so they just they don't have enough water anyway oftentimes you'll have two motors literally two pumps two vacuum motors use one at a time if, if that's enough suction use one at a time that's and what i had you alternate now, yeah you can run them and then if it's not enough suction you have two hygienists that day or whatever a busy day turn them both on you have monday wednesday run, yeah. flip that switch tuesday thursday i flip advise people to yeah. label the switches yep. right Every other day, you, you switch them. Mm -hmm. And because yeah. they're motors, motors inevitably have like run hours. How long is it going to last? And so, yeah, alternate them. So, again, with sterilizers, I would use the same logic. If you can alternate them, great. Everything will last longer if you alternate it. You know, okay. one of the things that kills sterilizers is running back to back to back to back, which is what you guys do all day. Well, tell us the story you were telling me when you got here this morning about the office that called you and they were in problems with their sterilization center because they weren't maintaining it. I told you that. The young girl. 
who they said when can you run maintenance on this oh well what yeah what they were so that that office has three sterilizers and they're one of them is the biggest tabletop sterilizer for sale it's huge because it's 16 ops she there's one person who handles sterilization so she's processing instruments you know in the dirty end and out the sterile end organizing everything and that's all she does all day and she's very good at her job and she's very experienced Sometimes, this is relevant to me, because sometimes when I go in to diagnose a problem, the problem is the staff. Yeah. They're doing something wrong, or they're not doing, you know, not adding distilled water. You're going to kill it. You know, that kind of thing. This is not the situation there. She's very professional and very good. But the question was, the sterilizers are breaking. Are they doing maintenance? And it came back around, and they said, okay, well, teach her maintenance. She already knows the maintenance. And so what it came down to in that situation, <coughs> there wasn't time in the week. They were so busy. And there's the quantity of sterilizers they had was constantly running. They didn't have time in the week to even do the maintenance. And so things, then it becomes, then you don't have a choice. Things break Mm -hmm. and I fix them and it gets more expensive, right? I mean, the other way to look at it is the cost effective thing to do in any situation is do the maintenance. Or buy another one. So you have the time to do the maintenance. Yeah. I mean that, that they didn't have any more space. Okay. They had grown to their capacity. And so now they're expanding and now they're going to have a bigger sterilization area at that specific practice. But yeah, they weren't, they were skipping maintenance because they had no time, uh, et cetera. I mean, it was just a, it was kind of a snowball of a problem. Yeah. You know, ignoring maintenance, that's fine. Then you're going to pay me to fix things. Right. You know? Sometimes I think dentists don't know they're ignoring maintenance. It's absolutely true. I mean, I've had customers tell me, my, the salesman told me it was maintenance free. Nothing I, maintenance I mean, free. There's nothing that's maintenance. I mean, that's not true. I shouldn't say nothing, but at least ask. Yeah. You know, and some people will ask me, like you would ask me that, what, what do I need maintenance on? Just ask the question, you know, mm-hmm. and I feel like that starts a conversation. Whereas I, maybe my customers don't want to ask the questions or they don't think about it. But um, that's an easy question. What do I need to maintain in here? And mm-hmm. it's the same thing again. You think about buying a house or buying a used car. You immediately start maintenance. Yeah. On whatever it might be. Yeah, but it's, it's cost effective, right? Well, like it's, it's cheaper to keep your own car and to maintain it than every five years buy a new car. Sure. Yeah, and that's a funny example because. One of my favorite things, I think you'll appreciate this, is like you walk into the office and there's the, you know, the doctor's Audi parked next to, uh, you know, the doctor's husband or wife's Audi. Mm -hmm. And then you go in and they've got old equipment, which is fine. And then you're trying to fix it and they're telling you how they don't have any money. Right. And they they can't possibly buy a new anything. Right. I'm thinking, well, maybe that's true. Yeah. Maybe you need to join join (laughs) one less country club. I don't know. You know, you've got, you don't seem like you're struggling. Yeah. Yeah. It's it. I deal with that all the time where you're having this like awkward financial conversation. And And then they leave on their helicopter. Yeah. And then they're like, well, I just returned from Spain. So I don't know. I have no idea. And I was just at my house in Mallorca. (laughs) I don't know if I can possibly fix this handpiece. That's so true. So I will say though, as an aside, I was talking to my financial advisor earlier this week and he was saying that, Dentists and doctors are notoriously bad with money. Oh yeah, and we're we are high earners, but we spend like we're billionaires. It's it, well, it's interesting because what you would both appreciate more than me is that the shift that's happened with younger dentists coming out of school is so much debt, and it's not like you just take you just go buy a practice when you come out of school. Right. It's just there's too much debt, and it's it's a difficult position. So I I have seen that, and I think that's true that there's not enough business education in dentistry. Um, I think it's just a small business, personal I mean, finance that. education too. Sure. Personal finance, business, all of that financial knowledge, it, you have to do it on your own. And you were saying like, you're interested in that. So you pursue it, you right. study it. Right. right. But if you don't pursue it yourself, 
I, I mean, I see that all the time. And again, some of it's just like bad decision making. Yeah. I, I'm like, hey, this is what I recommend and this is why. Spend $500 a, a year maintaining your amalgam separator, compressor, and vacuum. It will save you. And I mean, I think, again, you talked about a shutdown, right? This is what we're trying to avoid. The compressor goes down. There's no backup. Even if I come out immediately, you're canceling patients. The amount of production that you lost, then the ripple effects of rescheduling and, sh and shifting that so problem costly. down. Yeah. It's so costly that, wow, you really should have maintained your compressor. Like yeah. You really should have yeah. made the $200 service call that you were avoiding. It's, so it's really strange. Like I get this pushback that doesn't make financial sense. I don't right? think right. humans can think that way because you, you would tell people like, just don't smoke today. You'll be healthier tomorrow. Just don't eat nachos today. Yeah. Right. Or don't use your credit card today. But humans are so present-minded focused. Yeah. We can't imagine five years from now not maintaining this compressor will cost me $20,000 sure. when it explodes. That's, yeah. No, you're right. I mean, that's what I'm dealing with is that it's like uh, I feel like they're making, you know, it's a it's a decision that's hurting them. Right. But they don't they see don't it. Know it. They yeah. don't see it because they're it's, in the present. Like, well, short -term I, mean, I, try, I try and explain it. Yeah, right. but you see and it every day. Like we tell day. patients all day, if you don't fix that cracked tooth, you need an implant. I'm like, I, yeah, right. I try and avoid dental analogies. Yeah, that's exactly that's what all we I, know. What yeah. I want, but what I want to tell my customers is like the progression of tooth decay. Right? It's prevent. It's preventative if care. A, if you yes, yeah. it's preventative care. If you spend a little, if you spend a little bit of money cleaning your teeth, you'll avoid yeah. the filling. If you spend a little bit of money on the filling, you'll avoid the crown. If you, if you, you, let's avoid the root canal and the implant. Right? That is yeah. so stupid. Is that so funny? Like, that's the, that's what I deal with all day. You're so preaching like, preventative right. stuff to us, and we're like. Yeah, right, Daniel. Get out of that's, here. That, that is yeah, exactly. a big part of my life. Right. And it's really funny because like, I obviously overhear all the patient communication with that preventative care logic, which yeah. I understand and I appreciate. And then when you try and apply that to equipment and the practice, it doesn't. It, it doesn't our minds can't absorb it. It doesn't go. Yeah. So tell us why you told me and Jessica this earlier, why dentists are such hard clients to deal with. So that's, I mean, it's relevant to exactly what I was just saying is explaining, you know, cost and benefit okay. of, of the service I provide. To be fair, a lot of my customers really appreciate what I do. I appreciate what you do. Right. I mean, and again, it's, there's a niche that's ne necessary here. That's the reason I'm in business where like, I'm not the big supply house and I'm not the little handyman, you know, maybe who can fix cabinetry or something. Mm -hmm. There's a, a sweet spot in there. You know, we have access to new equipment, used equipment, whatever. You know, there is a problem. We want to find a solution. Why are dentists such tricky customers? Is again explaining that benefit to them. And I think part of it is the industry. I mentioned earlier. You know, slapping dental on a cabinetry doubles the price, right? Mm -hmm. And it's true with other industries as well. I think that dentists have been. They've felt this pain of people coming in and trying to take their money. There's sales reps constantly coming in trying to take their money. Yeah. And I feel like there, therefore there's a distrust of people coming in to try and take money. And it's like, wait, I'm trying to provide a service that you need, right? I want to solve this problem or get you a new piece of equipment or whatever you need. Like I'm here to help, but there's still pushback. And that's not, not always the dentist. It might be the office manager or the assistant is saying, well, I don't know, the last guy was cheaper or I can get that autoclaves uh, gasket online cheaper. Like, okay, that may be true. But we're trying to provide a complete service, right? And so explaining that is surprisingly difficult. But again, I think part of it is the industry has kind of hardened people mm -hmm. against any kind of sales rep coming in to, to make a sale or, or do what we do. And obviously, I'm different than a sales rep. But again, that's what I find. It's just there's a, a disconnect in like the value added that a good service tech provides. And I also think 
having, whether it's me or someone else, having one service tech or one company that you deal with that knows your practice is beneficial too. 100%. Has a, has a history. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and again, that's not always possible or convenient. You know, I mean, I get a lot of business because they'll say, oh, well, you know, Jim retired. And so we're looking for someone new. And I'll, mm-hmm. you know, I'm happy to start a new relationship, that kind of thing. Now, do you give every client your cell phone or am I just special because I'm so handsome? Special. Okay. Handsome. <laughs> Told you, Jessica. <laughs> I knew it. You don't have my cell phone. I don't. You probably do. You probably do. Well, you guys are both special. Is it on your business card? You're both special and <laughs> handsome. Oh, yes, it is on my business Jessica, card. you are so oh, handsome. You no, know, I get, I mean. I have it too. I, I get, um, I mean, the, the cell phone is a, it's a double-edged sword in my life, right? Because okay. it's obviously, like everyone, it's constant communication. Me too. But at the same time, it's helpful. Like people send me pictures. Hey, this yeah. is the problem. Which is very helpful because most of the time people have no idea what they're talking about. They don't say, Hampy's line two is leaking on this forest delivery unit. They'll just be like, there's water on the floor. Come right. fix it. Come fix it. And, it. and a picture is extremely helpful. So I have an idea of what I'm going into or I can bring parts or whatever. So like the cell phone is a great tool and it makes my life better. Obviously, it's nice to sometimes turn it off. But most, I don't, we have a scheduling 800 number that I try and encourage people to call just for scheduling. But in terms of communicating with me, my phone's always on. Do you have hours of operation? Or are you available Monday through Monday? Well, luckily, I mean, the, my answer to that is no. But luckily, dentists don't work that much. Okay. So like the three work day a week and the Fridays are short days or Wednesdays are short day, you know, that spills over to me. Dentists don't work holidays. Okay. You know, so like if I pull a Saturday, it's by choice. You know, mm-hmm. if I, I want to go do it, if it's easier to install something or do a big job on the weekend. I worked 4th of July, you know, like I worked all day because I'm working on this big job. And we wanted to get ahead on it. And so I didn't have, you know, my, my wife and baby were out of town. So it's like, I'll just, I'll just go to work. Was that the one you were talking about earlier with the 12 ops? Yeah. Or 16? Yeah, exactly. So I, it was just nice to work where it was quiet because it's okay. a construction site. And I wasn't yeah. tripping over the plumber and the electrician. So like if I want to work on, and this is part, part of being a business owner, right? People think it sounds nice until you have to like work a until lot. Until you own a business. Until right. you own a business. Oh my and you God. you can work all the time. So like I could work, if I wanted to, I could work 24 hours a day. If I was fixing, you know, equipment like sterilizers and things in the shop as well as doing service calls, I could work all the time. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I am, after a few years, I had customers telling me like, you're going to get burnt out. You should, Yeah. you should, you know, and so I've, I totally take, you know, I'll take a week off in the summer, a week off in the winter. You have to. You know, I do, I do make my own hours. I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to kill myself over dental equipment. Yeah. Well, me and Jessica talk about this all the time. It's when you own your own business, it's easy to work 168 hours a week. It's easy to work every second of the day. It will consume you. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's always one more things to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And and you guys have continuing education. You've got, you know, staff and you've got all this, all these things to deal with. But, you know, you also have to make time for a podcast. You have to. That's you right. got to really cut that time out. You do, though. Um, yeah. No, it's it's fun. Yeah. It does, Jessica will say this, too. It does fill our souls to do the podcast. It's That's something good. about talking to people and hearing your success story and helping young dentists and my mom who listen to this podcast hey, mom. makes <laughs> us feel really good. Yeah. No, I, I, I appreciate it. I think it's fun. And I think it's – that is one nice thing about the dental industry is that it's a collective and it's a small – network it's, it's a small neighborhood that yeah in, i know? think it's important um in every profession to stay connected and i have you know i have two two groups i belong to i belong mm-hmm. to a group of realtors mm-hmm. you know commercial real estate agents and then dentists and and we all have you know we're all connected and i think that's important that's part of the podcast but i also think that's part of not feeling like someone's selling you something mm-hmm. 
you know, if you're if you're connected with other dentists, then I can call Vince and say, hey, do you have a service yeah. person? Because, yeah. oh, you know, everything's leaking. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I get. Yeah, I get so, a lot of referrals. Yeah. And that that's way. what this is. This is all about. It's about, you know, connecting mm-hmm. professionals and, you know, hopefully you'll get a new client because sure. of the podcast yeah. or. You or know. it's just a fun morning. Yeah. But you know, I, yeah. I agree. I'm sure. I'm sure it's. Uh, yeah. It's nice that you guys have built this community. Yeah. We really enjoy it. Yeah. So before we close, um, we didn't even start the podcast. We didn't introduce you. We didn't tell oh. you we work. Who the hell are you? Wow. Very professional, <laughs> Very guys. Professional. We're going to put an intro on later. This is your first day. Music. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, our first podcast. Daniel, uh, I own a dental fix franchise in Southeast Michigan. So okay. like, I'm, I'm scary as this is. I'm one of the OG dental fix guys. Like I was van number six. It's a, a franchise network that was started in Florida by a bunch of uh, kind of dental techs who thought they could do it better again getting into that niche where like we have access to new equipment which generally is something independent guys don't have like the patterson tech retires Mm -hmm. they're still really good at fixing things and they're very knowledgeable and all that stuff but they don't have any access to equipment so their ability is limited with parts and new equipment so we have access to you know we're dealers for dentalese and air techniques um, and belmont and now kodak carestream and pretty big names like that but also, I mean, where I make all my money is repairing things, right? So it's not just, again, going, going back to the industry, a lot of dentists are burnt out with people just coming in and saying, oh, you need a new one. And so we, we are able to fill a niche. And then like with my relationship with Jason, which is how I met you, yeah. you know, he has, he, ha, he focuses on used equipment because he's like a true independent. So he has access to used equipment and a warehouse with used equipment. Sometimes my customers say, I don't want to buy a new one. That's mm-hmm. too expensive. I can't afford it. Fine. We'll get you a used chair or a used x-ray that'll fill the need that you have at the price point you want. You know, so it's, I'm able to be more flexible as with the dental fix brand. I'm just able to be flexible to, you know, have access to new equipment, have access to used equipment, you know, generally try and solve problems for customers. It's fun. So do you have franchising fees you pay the dental? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's fees. And then really the way they make their money is when I order things, they, they take a cut. Like you so order from BN Air? They're, like, okay. yeah, they're, they're kind of like my dealer. Okay. Like I'm a dealer for BN Air and Air Techniques and those big companies. When I order things and sell things and buy things, even parts, the the franchisor takes a cut. You order okay. it through dental. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And then they order from. <laughs> so as opposed, I mean, the other way franchises work is a lot of times they take a percentage of your revenue. Okay. That's which what I was is thinking. much worse. Okay. Right. I didn't want that. So this, this is different than that where like if I'm successful, they're successful, right? That's the way it needs to be that we both win. But they're not taking – like the bigger I get, they don't take a bigger cut. I sure. Guess, which is, I think, advantageous for me. So when you retire, do you sell dental fix or do you sell it That's back? That's great – I love that. That's a great question. Let's talk more about retirement. That's okay. Great. Right. <laughs> um, I'm hoping this so, year for me. <laughs> It's been a good year. It's been a good year. Uh, so that's a great question. It's a really tricky business to sell. Okay. It's a really tricky business to sell. To because of the relationships. Because of the relationships, yeah. because of the experience. Again, there's no there's no associate degree for this. Like there's a biomed. You can become a biomed where you learn how to fix dental equipment, medical, primarily medical equipment. Like if you go into a hospital, they have repair people that are biomed. It's an associate's degree. But in terms of dental equipment, there's no like specific degree for that. So it's it's a lot of like kind of training. Like self-taught. Some of it, a lot of it's self-taught, but like I, you go to the manufacturer. So you have to have those relationships. Like you go to Tuttenauer and you take a class on sterilizers. You go to Air Techniques and you take a class. You go to Dentalese and you take a class. And so you have to, it's hard to package that 
and find someone who can do it yeah. successfully. Right. So you're saying this business is worth this. Somebody new comes in, there's no way they're going to be able to do that revenue because they are learning on the job. So it's the answer is yes. It's a business that sh should be sellable. It's not easy to sell. Okay. That's, that's my experience. Well, let me say this though. I've worked with big name. I won't say their names, repair people. Sure. You are head and shoulders above all of those companies. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that, and I take it seriously. And generally, I enjoy what I do. Yeah, you know, we're joking about dentists. They're definitely difficult customers. Well, we're a lot of personalities, we but but at the same time, like the way I see it is, my customers are small business owners, right? And it's fun to help them, and it's fun to solve problems. Like I, I enjoy it. I mean, that's and you're accessible, which I think I find true. that the most like I have so much less anxiety about my equipment. I know I can text you, even yeah. if it's like a Friday yeah. morning. Hey, yeah. Daniel, what's your schedule yeah. look like this week? Yeah. My well, air water turn smells funny. I mean, that's because yeah. <laughs> Jessica <laughs> bought me a compressor. Because <laughs> I bought you a compressor yeah. for your birthday. If, if you get a funny, definitely service call for funny smells. Yeah, my staff smells funny. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I mean, that's one of my favorite service calls. It doesn't sound right. I'm like, oh boy, I don't know how to fix oh, that. It's about yeah. to explode. Get yeah, out of right. There. Ticking time bomb. No, I, I appreciate that, and I, I again, I take my job seriously, and I like I like what I do. You know, nine times out of ten, I enjoy what I do. You get the bad days or oh, yeah. tough customers or people who don't appreciate what you do, that kind of thing. I mean, I had a funny comment I've never forgotten from a, a really successful orthodontist who said he paid this outrageous bill to one of my competitors to install a panoramic x-ray. And I told him that is outrageous. And he negotiated it down a little bit. It was still outrageous. And he paid it. And I was like, why are you doing that? I, I don't understand why you would you pay thousands of dollars for this job. And he said, well, you know, there's only a few there's only a few companies out there that fix dental equipment and install. He's like, I don't want to upset them. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh. I said, wow. He's a really nice guy. He's a successful guy. Yeah. And I was shocked by that. But it's somewhat true. There are thousands of dentists. And there's, I don't know, six to ten companies that do what we do. Right. So uh, he's not wrong. What a obviously. business to be in. Well, he's not wrong, but I obviously don't conduct myself that way like yeah i'm not trying to make we get rich off of one job it's all yeah. about repeat business for me it's all about like long-term relationships right and so like i haven't i haven't written you a bill in a long time but someday you'll need me and you'll my, think of well me, my you practice know? is basically on fire so don't go back there right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but you he know what I mean? it's a long-term yeah relationship thing, well you'll so. make more money that way and then that's the idea when you raise your prices i will continue to use you because the value you bring isn't just your hourly rate. So that, yeah, that's an interesting conversation I have sometimes. It hasn't happened recently where people, you know, I hand them a bill and they'll say, well, I thought you were cheaper. They'll think, I don't know, because I'm not one of the big guys, I should just be, I should cost less. And I do, if you look at travel fees in the first 30 minutes and then the second 15 minutes, right. they make it very confusing. If you look at the first hour of service call, I'm much cheaper. But again, that was his response to my bill, which is bad. Right? Yeah. He's like, this is too high. People have said that to me before. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everything. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure people probably say it to you right. Right yeah. all the time. But again, I had to say, compared to who? Like, What are we right. talking about? Are we talking about like a handyman? Or are we talking about a dental repair technician? Do you really want the cheapest person no. to fix your dental equipment? You is don't. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, and I try and steal analogies from dentists, but like there was a sign I, I saw years ago in a dental like a front desk. It's like never negotiate in parachutes, I don't know, brain surgery and dentistry. You don't want the cheapest dentist. No. Why would you yeah. want that? It's a terrible idea. And if you're negotiating, isn't the dentist or repair guy going to feel resentful if you get it probably half off? Well, again, dealing with all the cultures I deal with, there's plenty of people who feel it's their net, it's their, their 
culture, I think. Or their, their duty. They their have duty to, to get negotiate. a deal. They have to feel that they get a deal and they're yeah. special. I just yeah. charge everybody the same. Like, you I have treat to. everyone the same. Then like, you'll upset your good customers. People, right. that. But again, I have There are some people though, and I, you know, to interject, there are some people where if, if it's $1,000, they want it to be 995 It's yeah. it's it's part of their their makeup. It's it's very it's strange. They won't pay full price for a business. And what I always tell people, it's like if you want something, here's what it costs. Pay for it. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, if you want to get it, you might get it for cheaper, but you'll definitely get it if you pay the asking price. That's that, that, right. That's an aggressive sales pitch. I like that. That's I say that. Pay for it. I say it every day. Yeah. That's all. no, I think that's great. Well, how, you know what what will it take to get this practice off from what they're asking? And it's yours. A hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Yeah. How much do you want it? But if people try and wheel and deal with you. So what do you do with those people? Just say no or again, I try and have the conversation of, of the value added. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so a, a conversation I was just having uh was you know, oh, I could find that part cheaper online because it's a line item on my on my mm-hmm. bill. Of course you could. Yeah. But like I ordered it. I stock it, I bring it, and then I, when I install it, I test it, right? So like there's a complete service. A tricky situation for me, this is very specific, but I think it's relevant. If someone orders, again, a gasket or a light bulb and they want me to put it in, of course I can do that. But now when that thing fails and they think it's my warranty, it gets real muddy where I'm saying, I didn't provide that part. I don't know where yeah. you got it. I don't know how old it was. I don't know if it's from the manufacturer or from eBay. And so it gets really muddy now where you're saving money here, but are you really, you're costing yourself. There's Again, when you save money, you're increasing risk. Mm-hmm. And so that's always the question is like, what's the balance? Do you really need to save money that way or right. find another way? Well, also too, I guess a little credit to that orthodontist. Let's say you're my repair guy. Mm-hmm. And every time you come to my office, I'm haggling for price. I'm yelling at you, too expensive. Are you going to go out of your way on 4th of July? To fix my compressor? No. That's a very good point. You're I mean, not going you, to. And this is this is something I don't admit a lot, but you obviously have customers that are priorities, not because I don't know, you they're you know, you play golf with them or you know, you go boating with them, but because they respect what you do and they pay you on time. And they're it, easy to do business with. And they're and they're nicer to you. And yeah. now getting back to like the structure of dentistry, that you know, you're I when I come in here I do still deal with you, but like you have a great staff. And if I go in to an office and I don't even talk to the dentist, the office manager, the head assistant, the hygienist, someone tells me what I need to do. You know, I give them a bill at the end. They send me a check. Like I don't even have to bother the dentist. And so there's a lot of kind of structuring or delegation. I'm fine with that. Like I don't Mm -hmm. have an ego. Like I I don't need to talk to anyone, but if someone just tells me what to do and I can do it, everybody's happy. That's fine too. You know? And so there's not, it's not just no haggling, but it's like, I have a lot of customers who've just delegated to staff that they trust. That's yeah. great. I love yeah. that. That's an easy. So you don't negotiate with. your fees. N- never. Yeah, that's my never. policy too. I tell no. people that all the time. I don't no. negotiate my fees. I, I don't. I can't remember the last time someone tried. Yeah. You know, I'm I surprised. Raised, I haven't raised my prices in a long time. Like I, right now, it's painful because I still don't charge travel. Yeah. To do yeah. service calls, which is very rare in my industry. But again, my prices are flat. I. I yeah, I do have a one-hour minimum. You Can know, you tell I'm, us? I'm are you comfortable out, saying what your hourly rate is? Yeah, it's 199. Okay, that's way too high. I'm not hiring you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> fired. But again, I'll I do it for 189. Yeah. Can I get 189? <laughs> 192.19. Yeah. So, and one yabanga. 
<laughs> and one thrown in your bang bang. This, this podcast is gonna be the, the Google search <laughs> for your bang bang. Are we gonna get sued by your bang yeah, bang? Do they have any money to sue us? Oh, we have coming. a good. We have a house attorney. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're okay. House counsel. My wife's an attorney. <laughs> oh, good, good. Yeah, I've got some in the family too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my my prices haven't changed in a long time. And the the, the thing I would say to people is like, at people like for a tricky situation for me is the light bulbs out or like a syringe is leaking. And if you call for service for like me to replace a light bulb, no one wins, right? You think I'm robbing you and I did a bad job. I'm charging too much. And I think you should have done it yourself or waited until there are more problems. And again, if a light's out and you can't use the broom and you don't know how to change the bulb, fine. You need to call for service, but then you have to pay for the service. Yeah. Right. And so there's, I tell people like I have one of my marketing pieces is like a small dry erase board. And the idea is, you know, has operatory numbers on the left, make me a to-do list. And I can, I can do a lot of work in an hour. That's a I great idea. A lo- I can fix a lot of things in one yeah. hour, but you have to give me more than like five. If you give me five minutes of work and then you're upset that I charge a service call, I can't, I can't win. Yeah. So again, make me a to-do list. Again, I'll do maintenance. I'll do, I can do a lot in that hour. So you recommend so. always having a dry erase board, like in the back? <clears throat> Everyone. They have those so in what, kitchens, what is, you know? yeah. restaurants. Every, well, no. not only that, but in the staff rooms at dental offices, yeah. put it on the fridge, right? They're all magnetic. Put a put a dry erase board on there. No. That's what I advise. And so it's it, the idea is that there's there's equipment that the dentist touch, touches. There's equipment that the hygienist touches. And there's sometimes they don't overlap, right? Like you don't put your hands on the sterilizer a lot. Never. The sterilizer's leaking. You wouldn't know. So what I what happens to me? That's my nightmare. I go into a big practice and everyone hands me a sticky note. This is what's wrong in my room. And I'm like, I've got to read all these and make sense. I'll be here for seven hours. I'll be here seven hours just reading this transcript of (laughs) sticky notes. But again, if you have a centrally located place, this is like kind of going back to the delegation. Yeah. Everyone writes, hey, I've got a problem in my room that my x-ray is drifting, my syringe is leaking. Then some, whoever is the person in charge of making a service call, whether it's the dentist or not, says, wow, there's 10 things on my list. We need service, right? And now you get your money's worth. I get to do work, you know. That's what I recommend. What good advice? That's that's great advice. I would not. Cause yeah. I'm thinking like, oh my god, one thing's wrong. I need Daniel here today. So maybe and maybe you do. Right? Yeah. That's the decision you have to make. If your main, if your surgical op is down and you have a surgery upcoming, sure, maybe you do. But maybe you can wait. Maybe you have enough ops to wait. And again, some offices have two ops. Everything's an emergency. Right. Some have ten, and they say we cannot use that room for a little while. It doesn't matter. We'll move over here. So yeah, I mean that's that's I encourage all my customers to do that. And yeah. again, it's it works for me too. You get your money's worth, and I get to do work. Yeah. Do you we, sell dry erase boards? I give them away. <laughs> I do give, you really? I, yes, literally. I have a box of them in that's the van. That's awesome. I, I give them. Is away a dental fix on the bottom? It does have my phone number on it. Vince, Perfect. So you can't yeah. rebrand it. That's it's, awesome. It's yours. I'm patient. I love to say that. Is, I might yeah. I might copy that someday. Please. Yeah. It's, it's funny you say that. One of my big competitors did steal that idea. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I would, I mean, for my business, I don't compete with Do they them. rhyme That's with true. Flemly Flying? No, no, actually, they didn't. They rhyme with Flemco. Oh, But it was funny because it Flatterson. was, yeah, we have, we have little, little tricks like that. that but again, it's like, it's That's totally smart. mutually beneficial. That's and really And a lot of times smart. I'll go into the office later again, it's on the ster- side of the sterilizer or the, the fridge in the staff room. And it'll be like, it'll be turned into a shopping list, you yeah, know? Exactly. like supplies or, you know. I used to have one in my office, but we always had like motivational quotes on there, yeah. you know. Oh, I've seen sketches um, like on my dry erase words. It'll be like a little oh, stick yeah. figure smiling and people right. holding hands. Yeah, whatever. Right. Well, good. So before we close, what is one takeaway you'd want every young dentist to know about anything in the repair world? I, 
so this is a broad answer. It's a good question. It's a very important question. It's a question. great question. I mean, so I won't give a short answer. What, what I find is I don't have customers that are right out of dental school, right? It's about five years when they have five years of experience. When they buy their first practice? Well, they buy their first practice and they struggle and they're in the pocket of the supply people because they don't know what else to do. And they're saying, oh, yeah. well, I buy my supplies from this company, so I have to get my repairs through them. And they just they ride that train until they realize like I've got to find a way to save money. Like I'm not I'm spinning my wheels. I'm not producing like I should be. And that's when they call me. And this is I mean this happens to me every day. That's when they call me when they have a little bit little bit of experience and they're looking at their finances. They looking for they're looking for new options. And that's where again, you might get your supplies somewhere else and get your repairs through me. So the the answer to your question is you got to ask a lot of questions, right? Like the young dentist who's who's learning. You have to know, this is true with all repairs. Again, whether it's your car or your home or your business, you have to know how much you can handle and then when you should stop and call for help. And this works for me too. Like I'll stop and say, we need an electrician. Right. We need a plumber, right? I need a licensed plumber to do this. I know when to stop and that's really valuable. And so I think you ask a lot of questions. Again, it's really easy to, one of the amazing things about the dental industry is all these manufacturers have tech support for free waiting to talk to you. Now, my customers don't call tech support a lot. I call tech support a lot. But again, you can call these companies and they will help you for free all the time. And that is not true in a lot of industries. Airlines, vending machines, you, you don't, there's no tech support. So you can call these companies and say, what's the maintenance schedule on an Air Techniques Airstar 50? And they will tell you. What's the kit? They'll tell you the part number. I mean, it's, it, the, the resources are there. It's, a, it's really, I've never seen anything like it. The resources are there. You have to ask the questions and make a little schedule. And again, what I would advise my customers, whenever I have a new customer, say, okay, you have a compressor that needs maintenance, even amalgam separator that needs maintenance, whatever else it might be, sterilizer. Let's do those in July every year, right? We'll do that at once. Most of my customers are not organized enough or diligent enough to, to accomplish that. It's rare mm -hmm. that that works, but that's what I advise. Okay. Get to put it in the Do schedule. Do it all at once. Put it in the schedule. Put me as a patient. Yeah. And yeah. they call me, you know, I've, again, this Confirm is Confirm the appointment. They yeah. call me and I'll say, okay, I'm sending you the maintenance kit. It'll be here when I get there, right? A, a week before. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's in a perfect world. But again, to get there, you have to ask the questions. You have to value the repair, value your equipment. And you're not just focused on I mean, the other important things, production, your staff, you know, all those things. You have to ask the questions and get familiar with your equipment. And it's not a lot of fun for anyone. No one like loves looking at a vacuum pump. But ask the questions. Become You have to become educated. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, it is empowering to know your equipment, though. I'll tell you that from yeah. personal experience. Yeah. You don't feel so helpless when something little goes wrong. And you, and you know, again, you have to be able to separate, like, is it a drippy syringe? It's no big deal. Or is my compressor Can I fix funny? this or do I need to call? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Here, like can you, I fix this? You have or, to triage the... Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's a great way to put it. I want to add to what you said. Um, my advice after listening to you is if you're looking at a practice seriously with me or someone else, they should call you. Yes. And have you look at the um, equipment. Yeah. I'm not going to... I would highly the, recommend. I'm not going to inspect the roof. Right. right. You have you get those things inspected. And if there yep. if you think there's any value in the equipment, of course you should have someone yeah. evaluate it. And that's a I mean, again, it's sometimes I charge for it and I guess in other situations I might not. It's always gonna but need it's, maintenance. It's, it's you need to need have something. someone who again, the smartest, best dentist doesn't know when they look at a, a you know, mixed operatory of forest light and ADEC unit and a Belmont chair, like they don't know what they're looking at. Right. And they might be very, very good, very a very good dentist, very good practitioner. But you need someone who has an, the ability to just run that thing through its paces. Right. right? Is, is it going to work 
for you when you need it to. I think the worst thing for a young dentist is something breaking mid-procedure. Of course. Then you're like, what the hell do I do? And young dentist, again, you're going to be embarrassed and you're going to, oh, you know, yeah. you like take it personally. Oh, yeah. It's like, I'm embarrassed when, you just, know, when things don't break. It just, that's a different, it's <laughs> a different podcast. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I, yes, I agree. It's just that they almost take it personally and it's like, these things happen. Oh, yeah. No, no it's, deal. I mean, you're, you're running it. It's like a car, you know, eventually it's going to yeah. yeah, need break something. Down. So on that, um, on that note, how, how do people get a hold of you? What's the best way? Uh, the scheduling line is 1-800-586-0340. Do I, ha- I can give my cell phone. It's up yeah. to you. Depends you, how many how many listeners do you have? Up to Four. up to eight. <laughs> so, you, wait, are you are you counting your mother twice? Uh, my mom and then she has a couple of friends that listen. <laughs> and so, the three of us. The Bridge the, Club. I have four kids that listen. So <laughs> it's just like sleepy time. Yeah. Puts them right to bed. <laughs> I do have five friends that listen to it. They're all, all right. dentists. Cool. But none of them live even close to Michigan. Yeah. So, I mean, there are every now and then I can help someone who's not local. Like, yeah. Again, I just talk. To I know a lot of people who listen. I actually know yeah. a really young, sweet dentist. I, I won't say her name. And she just bought mean? a practice. No, I said young. <laughs> Just bought a practice in, I know. <laughs> in Gross Point. Let me talk. Oh, it's in um, Gross Point. She bought a practice in Gross Point. Um, she's going to be super successful. She actually listens all the time. I'll get her permission to use her name next episode. But give your number yeah. so she can well, have it. It's, I live. That's where I live. I know. Like, that's my stomping ground. I mean, I, most of my customers are not there because it's not where I built the business. But I moved over to the east side two years ago. 248-790-5436. Okay. 5434. Oh, you messed it up. Say oh, it again. 248-790-5434. Or just ask Vince and he'll okay. send me a text. And then yeah. what's the website? Uh, it's, it's dentalfixrx.com. D-E-N-T-A-L-F-I-X-R-X.com. Awesome. So Great. super Googleable, And they have lists of all the guys. I mean, Dental Fix does have generally nationwide coverage. Like it's, they've got great, we have great guys in Ohio and Florida. We have a lot of coverage, but it's not, you know, not Wyoming. But right. You know, There's like ten do. people that live in Wyoming. Yeah, I know. It's beautiful. I was in Cheyenne on a Sunday. Nobody. You couldn't. You probably couldn't get a bike to eat. I could lay in the middle all of the street. All you could do is ride a horse around the mountains. <laughs> I was trying to end it all, and just and that's it. Wasn't happening. It was, I'm like, oh, I gotta go a horse back. came by. Though. A horse yeah. came by. <laughs> well, good. Well, we are so right. grateful you came yeah, on. I no, really appreciate fun. your time. I, I enjoy what I do, so it's fun to talk about. We can it. tell. I think that's how it is with you guys. Yeah. Like, you enjoy oh, yeah. What you do. You enjoy even the challenges, and so it's fun. It's fun to talk about. And then one final question: Can we have you back on? I mean, Ooh. Better, better, better coffee next time. Oh, my <laughs> God. Okay, and then the we'll promo. We'll bring you Starbucks. You have to wait until I have something new to say. So give yeah. us some time. And then the promo code for the amp pieces. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah bang, bang. Oh, yeah. Well, let me let me give the QR code yeah, for, for my your bang, bang account. Dental, dental oh fix for 10% gosh. off. Free your bang, bang for no. every listener. All right, your bang, bang. We'll see All you guys right. later. Thanks, Bye. guys.